We all wake up in the morning ultimately trying to find joy and meaning in our day and the ability to go to sleep and wake up the next day. And any way that you get from there, from waking up to waking up the next day in a spot where the world isn't worse off because of your actions and you feel when you go to bed that you can have a smile on your face when you go to sleep is a life that I think anybody should pursue. Charles is an industry disrupting, results driven, <laughs> strategic and creative problem solver with a diverse advertising experience and a focus in strategy and performance media. Oh, I got through that bit. He is an ideas person who specializes in consistent improvement of performance, solving puzzles and finding opportunities. To put it simply, he teaches marketeers and businesses how to profit from Facebook ads with confidence. I got through it. That first bit. You did. Industry. Yeah, you did. Great. <laughs> you did great. I, I, I didn't disrupt your tongue. That's good. You, you did solid. Once you got going, you had, you had once you hit some momentum, you yes. nailed it. <laughs> it's just like pedaling your bikes downhill. Like it's yeah. just, you had to get that start. And then, yeah. and then the training wheels fell off and you were good to go. Yeah. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about your story and your journey so far. Yeah. I mean, the long version of let's try the, let's try to do the short version. Sure. Because the long version could take five hours. Yeah. So short version is uh, after high school, went to college uh, for recording engineering, got into uh, radio and was a touring musician and was a serious XM satellite radio host and FM radio host for years. And then are you familiar with the wrestler Hulk Hogan? Of course I am. My boys loved him when they were like, um, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but about in 2012, Hulk Hogan had a scandal around a sex tape and this company called Gawker. Well, the guy that filmed the tape was the person that owned the radio station. Okay. Hulk Hogan was an underwriter at the radio station and Howard Stern was as well. Okay. Well, needless to say, Hulk Hogan <laughs> pulled his foot. Needless to say, Hulk Hogan pulled his funding. Yes. And the radio station, instead of one day driving into work, was no longer the radio station. It was a Hulk Hogan replay. Or, sorry, it's a Howard Stern replay. Okay. And we were all out of jobs. Okay. At that point, I was also uh, I had a really bad drug problem, and I used that opportunity to move from Florida to California to get sober. And I got a ten dollar an hour job at an ad agency. This is twenty twelve. Right within a within a year, I had so I had that agency. I got fired in about three months. I started my own agency. We won a game show called The Pitch on an American game show where ad agencies competed to be the official agency for a big company. Okay. And the show was called The Pitch, and we won an episode for a company called 1-800-Flowers. And what we had to do that was innovative and completely different was we had to spend $100,000 on social media. 
And at the time, Facebook ads really didn't even exist yet. They they did, but they were very small. Now, mind you, while I was in radio, I did get a couple college degrees in recording, business management, marketing. So I have three college degrees, primarily because they gave you student loan money, and I didn't want a real job. I didn't think about the debt until later because I was also having to be like strung out and a drunk and, and other things. I do have like 11 years clean and sober now. So I like <laughs> to take humor at my old self because somehow I made it through. Yeah. The yay for me is I should be dead. <laughs> um, so all that to be said, <laughs> all that to be said, we won that game show. It was like a reality TV show. And then my business partner fired me when the ink was dry on the contract. And I started another agency. And that agency that I started, my business partner embezzled some money and put himself up in a hotel room and like terrible things happened. So that one had to go. And so I had this really entrepreneurial spirit because I wasn't a good employee, but things didn't really go well. But what was great was our biggest client that at that company fired us because he put his, we were doing just purely organic social. Right. And he said, I put a hundred bucks into Facebook yesterday and it did more for me than I pay you 2000 a month for. Right. So I'm going to let you guys go. Now I'm still friends with the guy. It's a good friend. Just like, Hey, look, you can get a hundred bucks better than you get for 2000. Why are you paying the 2000 anymore? Yes. Yes. So the next day I well, that night I went out and just had like, you know, a lot of carbohydrates, you know, pie and and, and shakes, just like licking my wounds like again, and this happened again. But the next day I put my credit card into Facebook and started to promote my band. And within three months, I was running ads for Viking River Cruises and Jamba Juice. Within six months, I was running ads for Robert Rodriguez, the film director, and some TV shows and some other things because it's, you know, Hollywood. And then within nine months, I was running a supervisor at Omnicom for West Coast operations for CBS television and Henkel beauty, uh, Henkel like household products like John, uh, like uh, Schwarzkopf hair care and Loctite and all of that. And uh, that was about a decade ago. And I was got to the point of spending about a million a day or more on Facebook. Oh. And then basically over the last 10 years, I've gone from agency to agency and companies to companies. And over about the last five years ago, I started training people on the stuff that I've learned, having driven a couple billion in sales from Facebook ads, spending hundreds of millions of dollars of other people's money. I like to say I've probably made $100 million more in mistakes than most people <laughs> ever spend. And I have learned how this stuff works because I was there when there was almost no team and I helped develop a lot of the products that people use today when it comes to ads. Like I launched the first ads for lead generation and um, a lot of other things. So I've been intimately connected with the team <coughs> since the very, very early days. And now I try to teach people all the lessons that I've learned because I'm generally growing an eight or nine figure business almost every year for the last like five years. Really? And um, yeah, it's a lot easier than people think. And uh, I tend to think about things a little bit differently because I didn't do all the stuff we're supposed to do. So my life lessons like Slumdog Millionaire, I just ended up here, but I actually happened to be a great fit to help people out. And, yes. Um, I think 
life lessons give you a, an opportunity. And this has been a great one for me to combine my ability to somehow get attention and my ability to somehow make money with my little bit of tech geekery. Somehow digital marketing just appeared because it didn't exist in this way when I went to college. Yeah. There was no Facebook ads when I got my MBA. So it's a blessing. So what would you say are, are your three takeaways, business takeaways that you could, you would sort of, if somebody came to you and said, okay, I'm thinking of starting up in a business, what's the three things that I should be thinking about? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, this is a great question because I don't think most people ask themselves this question. No. I would say the three biggest things that I think are important is one, I think you need to understand the money. Like you need to know how you make money. And now if you haven't run a business yet, that's fine, but you need to have an eye on the way your business collects revenue. Yes. And I think a lot of people think, well, I sell things. Sure. But do you sell things to somebody once or do you sell things to somebody 10 times? Is it a subscription? Is it seasonal? How do you get that money to occur? What do you do well enough that you can provide the opportunity to, you know, not only pay yourself and help those around you by providing products and goods and services they want, but ultimately do so in a way that hopefully gives other people jobs and enriches your community and like provides for your family and all these wonderful things. Because otherwise you just go get a day job. Yes. Yes. I think the second thing that is really important is to figure out exactly what it is that you are doing on a day-to-day basis so that you can understand what it is that is necessary from you and what it is that anybody could do. One of the biggest examples of this that I know is, I don't know if you're aware of this, but McDonald's has a thing called Hamburger University. Yes, it and. Yeah. So Hamburger University basically makes it so that any 16 year old kid can walk into a McDonald's location and manage one that does a million a year. Yeah. My takeaway from that is why are you working so hard? Almost every business owner I know works works way harder than they should yes. on and spends their time and energy doing things that honestly don't bring value yeah. or, or aren't worth their time. And I think that that's. What I tell folks is like, what are the three things that you need to be doing? You know, like figure that stuff out because 99% of it can be done if you were to show somebody how to do it. Yeah. You would never have to do it again. Strategies. Yeah. Standard operating procedures. Right. But, but when you're starting out, figure out what that stuff is. Yeah. You know, what, what is, what needs to be you versus what could be anybody like what does Susan have to do versus what could anybody do if Susan shows them what to get done? And they're probably going to do B plus work 85% of the time. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. What do I love doing and what do I hate doing in business? Yeah, And if I don't enjoy doing it, give it to somebody else that enjoys doing it. Yeah. And And then ultimately what I love. Exactly. Because also like when you're running a business, (laughs) <laughs> it's not just about like whatever you're trying to do, but I like to look at business as an opportunity to provide, you know, like as entrepreneurs, we're out there making stuff for ourselves, but most people like to show up, get told how to do their job, take pride in what they get done, get a paycheck and go home. 
Yes. How do you provide those people an opportunity to work for you in a way where it's profitable for you to hire them? And, and that's how you run a business. And I would say the third thing that sadly far too many people just, I don't think have is a clear idea of what success means for them. Oh, that's good. Like, is it a certain number of customers? Is it a certain number of a certain amount of money? Yes. Is it a certain profit volume? Is it a certain profit margin? Is it, I've got 10,000 I can spend. I need to make the most amount of money with it. Or is it, I've got two years to make this work. And if I can break even, and then as soon as I decide to stop growing, I have this huge thing, like have a clear idea. And you don't necessarily know what that's going to be on day one. Because a lot of people I know that have halfway decent businesses kind of just stumbled into something. Yes. But I think those are the three biggest things. How do you actually make money? Yes, important. What do you actually need to do? And what does success actually mean for you? I think 95% of questions that you will ever get asked, even if it's you asking yourself, could be answered by knowing those three things. Yeah. And in my experience, most people might have one of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of people start business that think that they can do it. I think it takes a certain type of individual to be an entrepreneur. Not It's like you say, not everyone can do it. Some people just like to turn up, do a good job, get their wages and go home. Sleep at night, yeah. not wake up yeah. in the morning thinking, what the blooming hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where am I going? And it is. What, 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 uh, you know, where am I going to get the money from to pay this or to pay that? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I quit my nine to five so I can work 24 hours a day. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of like, you know, the, the entrepreneur thing, right? Like, yes. Now I'll, I'll be fair. Like there's also a, there's an exciting part about entrepreneurship and that like, I, I know I'm a terrible employee, so I never have to worry about getting fired. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you this. I've never worked at a place for more than two years. I've been fired from most of the jobs that I've had within nine months. <laughs> well, that just um, makes you unique. Though. However, unique, Charles. Yeah. And, and I do think, I do think it gave me a tremendous advantage in my industry in that there's only so much you can learn on the job before you get there's there's part of learning the job and there's part of learning how to do that job well so you can enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, in an industry that is was young at the time, like we were talking the first like there was a reason why nine months from spending my first penny on my band, nine months later, I was spending a million dollars a day was because at nine months, I had more seniority than almost anybody at doing it. Right. Yeah. It's like if you were to get into figuring out how to use chat GPT today. Yeah. It's been around for a year. Like like you are still at the infancy level of things. And I would argue you're still at the infancy level of like Facebook because Google ads have been around for 20 years. Email has been around for 30 years. Like it's still it's only 10 years old. And the way we use it, it's only five years old. So like the point of that is getting fired constantly meant that I was the new star employee that everybody wanted to work with <laughs> yeah. because I have a sparkling personality on my interview and I had quite the resume. So I got to talk to the smartest people in the room 
in a bunch of different rooms and got given the keys to the city from all the smartest people in a way where my attention to detail and, and ADD or whatever, like that got in the way, but I could actually think and do the work better than most people. And I got, instead of getting good at doing it their way, I got good at doing it everybody's way and kind of made my own path, which I think was also a bit of a blessing. Yeah. So don't recommend that for most people. Don't get fired from 20 places, but you will get good if you do. Yeah. Well, you're, you're learning from your uh, mistakes, aren't you? But didn't, didn't you ever get down when you got fired and you got another, you know, two years later, you got fired again. Didn't you just think, Oh my God, what the hell am I doing? Or did you think that and then um, yeah. back up again and start again? I mean, I'll be honest, a little bit, but only one time was I fired where it was a surprise. Okay. And yeah, so like there is that to it. Whereas like Friday, three months in, they were like, oh, by the way, we're going to let you go. And I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> um, and that one was tough. Yeah. And I, I literally that week. That night, I uh, carbohydrate therapy. It's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, if I need it, I'll, 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 I'll yeah. And uh, well, then threw out a bunch of, you know, talk. resumes and applied for. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. For at least for me, you know, that that's what works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sugar's its own thing. But yeah, I, I'll take all of it, please. And, you know, threw out uh, resumes all weekend. And I think this is about eight, nine years ago. And. I signed up to be like a Lyft driver when it was like brand new for like a week. And then I got a job interview and I got hired right away. And one of the things that was interesting to me was that I did get down on myself, but I'm also like unrealistic in my expectations of myself. I'm like, well, that's fine. Like, I know that there are seven people that want to hire me right now. And that list continues to grow because I was constantly turning down new jobs because one of the benefits that I had early on, I think have being a radio personality for, for a decade beforehand was I was really good. So it was very difficult for you to be in the industry and not know that I existed. And at some point you would want me to be around. And also part of me was like, I, I think most entrepreneurs that I know have, a somewhat unrealistic expectation of like their ability to succeed. Cause otherwise you wouldn't do it. Yeah. And so for me, I was always just like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the next store and get my boss's job over there. Like it was, there was never a fear of, oh, I can't do this, which is probably a little bit of ego and a little bit of, of ignorance, but that's also okay. Because it also meant that I wasn't afraid to bet on myself and I think if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be close to where I'm at now because where I'm at today, there's no direct path from being a radio personality that lost their job because of a sex tape scandal with a professional wrestler <laughs> to now I run eight and nine figure businesses 10 years later and teach people around the world how to be self-sufficient by mastering a thing that is uh, you know, very easy, but made very complicated by folks who don't understand it. And I get to basically help people all day long. And for me, that is so rewarding, but there's no, there's no straight line from here to here. It's just completely no. unrealistic. No. So 
So, yeah, yeah. So tell me, what were you like at school? I I enjoyed the learning side of school, but I was also really, really good at it in a way that it, it was easy for me. Like I, you know, I I got into Mensa when I was like seven. I was, you know, in the accelerated schools. I was in the magnet program, you know, the gifted and talented stuff. I was in all of the, this kid is smart, give him extra stuff things. And by the time I got to college, like, like I was doing college level courses in middle school and high school for math. And like, by the time I got to college, I was, I had a big drug problem, but I would show up to classes you know, pass out during classes, show up with like slippers and have them shower or whatever else and still be like a 90th percentile like student. Like I graduated with like a 3.7 in my MBA and I don't remember showing up to probably 75% of my lectures. So like it was an unfair advantage of just like, I think I could take the information in and apply it in a way that made me really good at school. And I enjoyed the challenges where I think other people went in specifically to try to learn. Yeah. And looking back at it, I think I was a loud test taker that ruined the grading curve and was disruptive in classes. So I was a terrible student for everybody else, but I enjoyed it. But I, I now realize that like, there are many amends I wish I could make to to many hundreds of people that had to sit in classes <laughs> with me over the years. And what would you say was your favorite subject at school? Or did you have a favorite subject? I mean, my favorite was always math. Like, I always got a lot out of it. For me, yeah. that was always the most fun because I enjoy solving puzzles. Yeah. And my parents are both math people. My, my dad... I love my, my mom and my dad were both. Yeah, like both of my parents basically used Excel for a living my entire life. So oh. I grew up with them both in spreadsheets on laptops, 39. So we're talking late 80s, early 90s. They had laptops on their desk using spreadsheets at like high level jobs. And it was just, it, there was no way I wasn't going to, I was either going to use no math ever in my life, or it was going to be everything. It was just like, it's, it's not a shock to either of them that I do like trend analysis and mathematics for a living, because that's what they both do. Yeah. And my dad also happens to be a college professor. And my mom worked in finance and, 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 uh, stuff. So it does, it's it, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. And that now I teach people how to do math. And like my dad is legitimately like a theoretical math uh, mathematics professor, like part time as he's retired. Yeah, for fun, he just yeah. teaches people about like game theory and stuff. Yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? I'm an only child, oh, um, which my wife see. says. I wonder. Yeah, it's like very very clear that you're an only child. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I'm an only child. Yeah, which. My wife has an older brother and a younger brother. And she says it was very obvious very early on that I didn't have either of those things based on my personality and like the way that I am. So, yeah, no, only child uh, parents. My parents met at a bus stop in like 1964. And it basically been my parents are a Holly song, uh, like basically come to life and. Yeah, it's maybe atypical at this point for things to be like that cookie cutter, but that's the way it was for me. Okay. 
So what would you say is your superpower? I think for me, the my superpower is the ability to, I think I look at things in a way that other people don't look at them. And I, I it's hard to describe necessarily what sometimes that looks like. But I think primarily what it means is part of like, I'm a little spectrum and ADD and whatever else. Like I don't have some of these social norms that have gotten me to a place where I'm willing to take a look at the same information you're looking at and then see it in the way that you are. Like I just, I have an innate desire to kind of understand things at a deeper level. And I think I'm willing to embrace the, I don't want to know what I'm supposed to do. I want to draw my own conclusions from the things that I see. Right. Now, often that means I'm wrong, but it also means that a lot of times I'm able to make, I'm able to look at things in a way that many other people don't. No, that's, I think and that's 90% of my life that goes south for me. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I would say 95% of my life that goes south. But when it comes to business stuff, and when it comes to like what we do here, I've got over a decade of thinking differently than everybody else and over a decade of having results that are different than everybody else's and having a decade of basically writing the playbook for different results that are better than other people because of just looking at things not as what you're supposed to do, but is how to get it done. And I think that that is... I think that's a superpower in its own right, even though it sometimes gets me in a lot of trouble, which I openly accept and embrace. And yeah, so I think if I had to put it in any words, it would be that I uh, am unable to see the world the way that everybody else does. And that is something that's totally fine by me. Yeah. And you're using it for good use. You're not using it for bad. You're using it for good. You're I think so. Yeah, right. I'm trying to make the world a better place. Yes. Yes. Which is good. So do you have a simple pleasure? Something really simple that you love doing? And it's not carbohydrate related. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we, got, we knocked off one through five on the list. Um, yeah. I mean... So for me, something I've done for decades and decades is I, I still play music. Like I have music tattooed on my arm. I'm in bands. I, uh, I'm making records and music videos. I, I, I almost like to say that, like, that's where I lose the money. This is all of this stuff was just to fund music so that I can go lose a lot of money doing that. Okay. It, but that's that's the thing for me that is... Um, I don't know that I'll ever not do it. And um, it, it's, uh, it, it is probably the most rewarding thing outside of interpersonal relationships that I think that I have. It's, uh, I, I don't ever remember a time not doing it. No. And so it's a piece of me yeah. that I love and treasure. My youngest son's a musician. And I always say to him, it's fantastic that he's doing what he loves because he absolutely loves it but he'll never, ever make any money, which <laughs> is fine as well, as long as he, and he's, we're happy with that because he's happy, but he loves it. Yeah, you know, it's um, and I it's a think different I would, path. 
I sometimes think I would love to live in Daniel's land because it seems like a fantastic <laughs> land to live in. I just wish sometimes I could go there and stay a little while and then come back to mine. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think uh, that's a beautiful place to be. I think it's it's the decision to be an artist is one that I think we all wake up in the morning ultimately trying to find joy and meaning in our day and the ability to go to sleep and wake up the next day. And any way that you get from there, from waking up to waking up the next day in a spot where the world isn't worse off because of your actions and you feel when you go to bed that you can have a smile on your face when you go to sleep is a life that I think anybody should pursue and I think like one of the things that I said before, that definition of success. Yeah. Sometimes for artists, that definition of success is the fact that they get to live and die by that. Yeah. And, and for them, success, most of the artists that I know, and I've been in bands of people that I'm, I'm happy to be the worst musician in every band I'm ever in. And I'm usually in bands with professional musicians where that's all they do all day. Yeah. And for them, it's just like, I never want to have a job. I just want to do this thing that is fun and meaningful every day. And there's something beautiful about finding that singularity of purpose. And hey, look, if you got food on the table and the world is an all right spot with you in it, I think that's great. We we need that in our life. I think um, Churchill said once about they're trying to cut the uh, arts programs during world war ii and he's like well then what are we fighting for and yeah. it's just like that's that's the right approach i think yeah because the rest of it just seems boring yeah i think creative people don't have a choice if you're creative then yeah you know, it's in your dna and that's what you do and yeah it's it's a i i don't get it but i think it's fantastic i think it's fantastic I think that that's beautiful in 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 what you're saying in that um, you don't have to understand. No. And all you have to do is is care for somebody and see that they're happy. Yep. And he's he's a a great energy to be around. For it. He's a great energy to be around. When he's a he's he's around about he makes me feel so much better. So that's all. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so you've been well, listening. Thank you so to- much. I really appreciate it. No, it was, it was good. It was good. You've been listening to Cash Flow Lifestyle. My name's Susan Crichton. How can people get in touch with you, Charles, if they need to get in touch with you? Yeah. Generally speaking, I'm on every social media platform posting probably too many times a day. <laughs> uh, you can find me. Just go to disruptorschool.com. That's the easiest way to find me. You can also just look up uh, Facebook Disruptor. Any of those things. Those are all going to be me. And uh, if you want to, if you're in the world of e-commerce and digital marketing and you want some help, I also have a free resource for everybody called charliebot.ai, charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E-Y, bot.ai, where basically I've synthesized all the things that I teach into a free portal for people to just ask questions to. Like I pay for all the stuff. There's no ads in it. There's no nothing. That's just my way of making 
access to me free for anybody around the world. Yeah. So like, don't be, I, 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 I don't be afraid to bet on yourself. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you're afraid to ask somebody in real person and like me, you can always go there for free and, and check that stuff out. So that's my, my free resource of giving back on a daily basis. And I get thousands and thousands and thousands of interactions on that. And uh, every one of those is a little bit of something that makes me feel good to help other people out. And so that would be my best recommendation. And from there, you can find all sorts of other stuff. But I'm on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. I'm on all of the things. But yeah, I uh, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was really good to talk to you. Good luck in the next few days. Hope baby arrives soon. Thank you. Um, I'll be following. Oh, uh, today would be a great media. day for baby. <laughs> oh, thank you. There you go. I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, I'll be. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Have a good day. I'll talk to you later. Yes. You too. Bye. Bye.